Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. And I'm Taylor Trask, and it's Coffee and Comics Edition. Oh, man. Although, I thought although it was it's beer, uh, beer and Books Edition. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, we're doing this at, at night, so it's like, it's the Todd and Taylor Show after hours. Ooh, I have, uh, I've got wine on my side. I'm drinking oh. a, uh, a wonderful generic red. <laughs> <laughs> while i and Gen- and to be extra generic bougie, red yeah generic red uh i honestly it's 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 some bottle that we had that had been open for a couple weeks and like i just need to finish this the sucker off and then to be extra bougie i have some uh, cucumber water <laughs> right beside Sweet. because we had this here's here's the weird thing like we have all these jars and and canisters and things and 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 uh i've had there's like two that we got from some like as hand-me-downs from some resort or something and we've had like cucumbers in our fridge for a while and i just I, I had this like weird revelation yesterday where i was like wait a second i could cut the cucumbers up and put them in these jars and have cucumber water just like a real like bougie play and it's it's so i'm 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 on that kick now for whatever reason it's it's so goddamn simple um well, I, I feel like you're you're um you need to stay cozy this weekend right you got some snow on the ground. Yeah, you know what? It snowed. Yeah, it's interesting. Yesterday, I went to uh, Colorado Springs. Had a a wonderful little uh, uh, hometown Comic Con called Galaxy Fest. And while I was there, I mean, the morning I left uh, yesterday morning, it, it's it, it snowed a little bit. But I got back. I was there for a couple hours, and I got back, and it had snowed pretty heavily. It's the first real major snow we've had down here since we moved down, and it's it was gorgeous. But yeah, it really was a. I mean, it felt like a snow day, snow weekend. Uh, you know, like you'd have, you know, like a school day or a snow day from school. Only it was just a weekend, so we didn't really get anything off. Nice. But, and yeah, I, it was nice I flew into Denver last night on my way back to California. So, um, yeah, I, I had a little snow experience of my own in that my flight was delayed slightly. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, you had texted and said, oh, if we had planned this better, I could have come down and hang out. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, I wish... I totally didn't even think about coordinating you coming down. You could have attended the con with me. I know. But, but the weather would have probably thrown a a wrinkle on that too. So who knows? Yeah. So I, uh, as part of beer and books, Emma could not be more. (laughs) I've been in Tennessee for a week where it has been in the twenties and thirties every day. And that very cold rain that they get in the winter. Now that Mm -hmm. I'm back in Southern California, I could not be more Southern California. I'm drinking (laughs) New Belgium fat tire, yeah. special release Belgian white, um, which is a delicious beer. And I'm eating some Hava corn chips. <laughs> <laughs> that which, is a very SoCal uh, snack. Yeah, I don't know that these even exist outside of Orange County. But um, <clears throat> anyway, let's uh, whatever time of day it is when you're listening to this, uh, it, grab yourself a beverage, settle in. We're going to talk about some comics. Um any other uh, prelude we need before we jump into this? Uh, no, no. And, and as per usual, we don't even know, we don't know each other's books ahead of time, which is kind oh, of yeah. fun. And um, if this is the first time you've listened, we, we tend to review all kinds of things, but it's usually graphic novels and it's usually there's a series. It's usually a volume uh, of a series. And um, we've been pretty if you go back and listen to our old episodes, we're pretty, pretty dang diverse. We've had everything from really indie picks to really mainstream picks. And uh, I think my pick, I'll, I'll just tease it a, a minute, is going to be pretty dang mainstream. So I'm curious to awesome. see what, uh, what you're up to this week. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Well, I, and I'm, <laughs> I said, do, you have a prelude? do we have any more prelude? And you were like, no, except this, which is the perfect <laughs> prelude, which is exactly what we should have said. Um, <clears throat> but you're right. I am uh, and, uh, you know, in the spirit of being diverse and going out on a limb, 
Uh, I have chosen what we might not call a uh, comic book so much as a cartoon strip or oh. a comic strip or something. Okay. Uh, so it is a book called Adulthood is a Myth, and it is oh. by Sarah Anderson, and that is Anderson with an E-N. Um, and yeah, it is, I mean, it is sequential art, so it is panels of drawings, <laughs> um, but it is not a you know, it's not a continuing story. It's a comic strip in that pure fun way of here's five panels that have a little joke in them, or, you know, here's three panels where uh, something happens to the character. Um, And it uh, mostly I would, you know, all, uh, all signs point to this being a very autobiographical portrait with a a main protagonist that is Mm. most likely Sarah. But uh, at least in this edition, adulthood is myth. Um, which is a Sarah's scribbles collection. That's what she calls them. Um, it's I, the character is not named, you know, mm. people don't, don't call her Sarah, uh, but she is, she wears a, a stripy sweater and um, it's just a, I, I'm trying to avoid using the word cute, but <laughs> it is a very cute uh, book. Um, the drawings are, you know, very simple. Uh, there's a great thing that she does where she adds, like she'll add a bunch of detail often in the final panel of a strip, um, which will give it this like funny punchline, you know, if the character's getting mad or feels old or something, all of a sudden there are all these details on the face, you know, that make it Mm. make her look old. So um, yeah, I, (laughs) I kind of wanted to just drop that on you and then see what you came back with because I, Mm -hmm. I've been following Sarah for a while on like Instagram or Twitter. um, And this is the first book of hers that I've purchased and just it's super enjoyable and sort of along the lines of uh, everyone's a Aliban when you're a Aliban too. Uh, Although that is a, a big story. Um, But this has that great, it it does a great job of capturing that, that um, you know, exactly what it says. The adulthood is a myth. It has, it, it captures that anxiety of adulthood and especially uh, she seems very focused on sort of the like right out of college period mm. of, you know, I'm, I'm technically an adult, but I don't, <laughs> you know, I still have all these anxieties uh, and I'm not really living my life the way quote adults are supposed to. Um, and so there's just this, you know, there's this kind of deeper current to it where it's not just uh Sunday funnies kind of comic strip, um, but it's not, it's not super deep. Like it's really enjoyable. I think, whatever age you are, it's, you know, it's fun in that way. Um, And it, uh, you know, the other thing I really appreciate it, which also is in that Jomney Sun book that everyone's Aliban is it captures this, this sort of dual nature of the artist uh, in that the artist is always wrestling with imposter syndrome, but also very confident of their own work. And so like, there are just literal strips of that where someone is saying, Oh, you're an artist draw me. And then the Sarah character says, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. And you know, and it's that, but, um, and she had one recently that's not in this collection, but was on her Instagram where, um, someone says, wow, you, you know, you draw so well, it it just, I guess you got a lot of talent. She goes, no uh, practice. And (laughs) you know, and then the other (laughs) character is like, yeah, I would draw if I just had some talent. She's like, just practice. And then she's like, well, I guess I'll never know how to draw. Practice! <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, which is like really, really practical advice. Um, 
and it you know it just shows off that like that that little undercurrent of uh, I, whatever you want to call it like adult that existential adulthood or something in there and the challenge of being an artist and uh, yeah I just I really love it and because it is presented as a a, a big collection of strips um, it's easy to just pick up read any page you want flip back you'll definitely find some favorites it's not uh, it's not something that you have to sit down and read cover to cover. You know, you don't have to read it in order or anything like that. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to point out some other things I really love about it, but I'll, I'll open the, <laughs> I'll open this up to questions from the audience. <laughs> I, uh, I, the first thing I thought of, I pulled it up immediately as I usually do uh, on Google and Amazon. And it feels like a book that would be right at home on the shelf alongside a compilation from the oatmeal or something like that, where it's yes. um, it, n- similar kind of drawing style, not, not, you know, directly the same, but it's, you know, kind of, kind of quirky and very simplistic drawing, but with a very specific point of view. And yeah. just like the oatmeal, like they're all little self-contained, uh, self-contained little strips that I, I, I would assume over the course of the book, yeah, in this particular case, you know, she's got some other, she's got some other collections are all the strips uh connected to the idea or the theme of adulthood in some way, shape or form, or like the coming of age, if you will. Uh, You know, having not read her other collections, but followed her on social media, I, I can't say this one stands out from the others because it, you know, deals with adulthood. It, it does deal with adulthood a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I've always interpreted that through following her on social media is that's just one of the themes, you know, along with sort of the being an artist theme that that's just, that's her anxiety that she's sort of working out in her own cartoons. And so it's, mm. you know, to me, that's like, this is kind of like her therapy mm. and it's uh, it's that just that great combination of uh, she's got the right raw material to work with in her anxieties and thoughts and emotions. And she's turned it into this strip, you know, I, so, but I think the good, the oatmeal is a really good reference point um, because it, it, she's definitely one of those very, you know, I mean, who isn't these days, but it's an internet savvy kind of mm. humor and presentation and all that. And I, that may be why, like one of the sort of main reasons for the real simple drawings. And a lot of it mm-hmm. is because it was sort of made to be presented on Twitter and Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. That uh, said, now that said, do you have this as an ebook, Kindle, Comicsology book, or is this a physical copy on your shelf? Great question. It is a physical copy. Interesting. Was there a particular reason for that choice? Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think about it too much. Uh, honestly, the particular reason was Amazon had a sale on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't. I, I don't know. It's one of those books where I wouldn't even think about getting it as an ebook because it's not that sort of misses the point of, you know, you're going to want to just, it's, it's a coffee table kind of comic book and sort of flip open to a page and chuckle and flip to another. And, you know, it's uh, yeah, because it's not story oriented in that way. I think you want the physical copy and it's a nice artifact, you know I mean? It's, you know, it's, it's like uh, <laughs> my giant Doonesbury book that I had or <laughs> all the Garfield um, books I had. I was just going to say like this, I'm, I'm looking at a few and, and if you're interested, Amazon has several pages to preview and then just her, her own feed on Instagram and other places. You can, you can preview quite a few of the pages and just get a, a taste for it, but it does sort of the, the, the rhythm of it reminds me a lot of Garfield as well, where it's just like these nice little four and five yeah. panel thing, things with a point and um, uh, Kate Beaton too reminds me a lot of the Kate Beaton books yeah. um, as well, which I'm a we we've talked about Kate Beaton in the past. I'm a huge fan of her stuff, and it just kind of again not not 
from a from a, a art point of view, but just you know these little slices that all fit nicely together. Just it, it, in terms of uh, not necessarily even theme so much as just like oh this you get you get a good sense of her brain by kind of going through this, and that's really fun. Yeah. Well, and you know, I can't believe I didn't think about it, but it's an, it's another uh, it's in the family of Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, you know? perfect! It, yes, it, yeah. Yes. It it may look very simple and like a strip, but there's always something a little deeper going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you know, I, it's I, I I wrote little notes to myself like I love how her uterus is a recurring character, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and then one of <clears throat> one of my favorite things she does, which is also probably like a I, well, actually, I, I don't know that I've seen this done this explicitly in another comic. Uh, I was about to compare it to something, but I'm not I'm not even going to bring that up because I don't want to pollute your brain. Uh, she deconstructs the setup punchline in this really simple way that makes it way more enjoyable to me. Where um, when you think about a lot of sort of comic strips, they're they're not so much a character, you know, character study as much as it is like uh, the same thing happening to those characters. Like there's maybe different lessons coming out of it, but the same thing is always happening. Charlie Brown never kicks the football. Mm -hmm. You know, the the punchline is always that he fails. Like that's his, his character is that, and you understand it. And maybe there's a, a, something else is told in the writing of a, of a a particular strip that makes the missing the football different that time, you know, Mm -hmm. but what she will do is like a lot of times you just get the feeling that like, this is, you know, this is a shy, uh, um, introverted character. Uh, and because she'll just explicitly talk about introverts or something, but then a lot of times that last panel will just flip that on its head. Like, uh, sometimes, you know, you'll see like happy panel, happy panel, happy panel, happy panel, happy panel. And you're thinking, okay, now the last one is where it all goes wrong for her. And then it's like a happy ending mm. and you go, Oh, wow. You know that, what a cool thing. Like, yeah, sometimes relationship stuff works out, mm-hmm. you know, you don't mm-hmm. like, it doesn't always have to end with like the main character, like depressed and lonely or whatever, you know? Oh man. It's so interesting. You say that because uh, Rachel and I watched the big sick last night and had a very similar reaction to that oh. where it's, it's based on Kumail and Johnny's, um, Butcher his last name. His, it's his real life story, but the ending is not the clear cookie cutter. Like nice. you know, it, it's not. Oh, they, it's everything. You know, she wakes up from the coma and everything's fine. And it's not. Oh, you know, he's heartbroken and goes on like a you know it, like a Zach Braff movie. It's it's not that. It's it's just this wonderful little like oh that's that's how real life would be for somebody. You know, it's just not. I like more and more and more as I've gotten older, I really respect that partially just because I'm, I have seen quite a bit of, I've seen too much now. I've seen too many stories and I've, I've thought through too many, you know, kind of plot lines and things. So it's nice to see something that's, that's just brutally honest and real. And, and exactly. just isn't, you know, it's just, that's even in simple, in simple mediums like this, it's just, it's, it's more and more refreshing. I, I really strive for that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a great mix with, like in this, this is a really interesting experience for me because getting the collection, I think, um, highlights where that deconstruction happens better than in the, you know, Instagram post. Because in the Instagram mm-hmm. post, it's often in a feed and I, 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 you know, you get that all at once. It's kind of isolated. But reading it in this collection, you realize like, oh, there are some that are just really funny, uh, uh, you know, like set up punchlines that, that might be kind of. 
uh, obvious in a, in a trope way. You know, there's one where she's trying on a dress and she's like, oh, this dress is so cute, uh, but I can't afford it. And then she's taking it off and it gets like stuck on her because it's too mm-hmm. tight and mm-hmm. it's over her head. And, and, you know, and then it's the last panel is something like, well, I guess this is how I live now, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> it's like you can't get it. And you, but that kind of fits with that character of like, oh, you know, it's you're always unlucky, you know? Um, What's really funny about that is that I was in a, in a, not, a, I think it was a Hollister is one of those stores a couple of years ago. Just every once in a while, I'm like, well, let's just see. And I, I tried on some skinny jeans and almost couldn't get them off. I mean, literally <laughs> I, did, I did just locate my foot to get them off. And I, I, I had a very similar and I'm a dude, right? And so I'm, I have a very similar reaction to that kind of stuff. That's so. I love that. Do you, do you feel like a lot of those little vignettes are uh, invented, or are they firsthand experiences that she's recounting in the book? I, I think you know, it, it, like like a lot of good comedians, like all good comedians. I, I think she's taking like a slice of life where something like that happened to her, and then you know, adding a little bit. But some things are just so kind of almost brutally honest where it's like, you're, you know, I think that's one of the ways that set up punchline gets deconstructed. Cause sometimes that last panel is like, Oh God, I bet that really happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, she does such a good job of playing with like the thoughts in her head. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm going to make a, a terrible comparison. But when I was much younger, like the sort of, uh, I guess like template for that would be like a Kathy cartoon or something where she might, she <laughs> might say something, but then there would be sort of a thought bubble that thought something else, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that happens a lot um, in, in this book uh, where, you know, she'll meet someone like from, she's like, Oh great. It's someone from high school. I hope they don't see me. I hope they don't see me. I hope they don't see me. And then they're like, Hey there. And she's like, Hey, it's been uh, so long. But her thought bubbles, like, I still hate you. <laughs> uh, and, um, good. It's, uh, but often her, she represents her thoughts like physically on the character, you know, like a, a cute boy walks by and he goes, Hey, and, and she's like, Hey, and then the next panel is like her just melting into a puddle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just that, I think that's just a, you know, a cool way to sort of play with the form and, and the format. It also reminds me a little bit of seconds. Um, although seconds is a, is a start to finish storyline, but some of like seconds has a lot, like the main protagonist is this girl who owns this restaurant and she's got a lot of that same kind of like thought bubbles and just sort of like self, uh, you know, self reflection and, and sort of you, you get her inner, inner monologues a lot. And it's, it's really, really relatable because, because man or woman, young or old, you, we've all been there in some way, shape or form. So it's, it's kind of, I, I appreciate that. I like that yeah. sort of like, Oh yeah, that's, that, that was me one time. Might be me again. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I, I would, that is, uh, it is super enjoyable. I recommend just follow Sarah on Instagram or Twitter. I know on Instagram, she is Sarah with an H Anderson, S E N comics, Sarah Anderson comics on Instagram. I noticed this was published by a little shop called Andrews McMeal publishing. Have you heard of them before? Is that, is that specific to her? Do you know anything about those guys? I, I, I don't know anything about them. No. <laughs> Pulling them up right now too. I'm always clearly. If you're a fan of the show, you know we are are really. Oh, there it is. Andrews McMeal is a. Uh, looks like it's a university. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe, I, maybe it's just the logo. I'm gonna have to look at that. But if you're a fan of the show, you know we're really indie obsessed, and I'm always <laughs> on the lookout for newer um, publishers that pop up because it can't just all be image and drawn and quarterly all the time. It's got to, you know, we've got to. Oh, oh my God! So check this out. Um, they have Calvin and Hobbes on their site. I don't know if they publish Calvin and Hobbes though, but interesting. Hmm. It looks like they might. 
They get, it looks like they have uh, Garfield too. So wow, if this if they are also publishing Garfield and Kevin and Hobbs, and they have her right next to that, so this might that fits in really nicely. If that's the same group, wow, that's that's really good company to have, and it kind of backs up everything we just said in terms of stylistically, yeah. you know, where to put it. They that's also great. published uh, Milk and Honey by Rupi Kaur, which is a, a huge poetry book that oh nice, like everyone owns. Um, very cool, which is very good by the way. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, cool. So I'm uh, you. You texted me about your pick this week because you're you were very excited about it being mainstream, and so I then therefore <laughs> part of the fun of this game, not knowing <laughs> what we picked, is that uh, I, I just enjoy that. I like it when you tell me like, "Oh man, the one this week is is real mainstream." You're never going to guess, so I'm very excited to hear what it is. Well, it's one, and it's it's a little embarrassing because it's one that I hadn't read yet until like about a month ago and i finally went on amazon i'm like i need to i actually no i was in a shop and i bought it um because it just it was always there and it was always on my list and i'm like oh one day i'll get to this and it just you know three years later it still hadn't happened and so i finally picked it up and it's uh kingdom come by mark wade and alex ross oh yeah the dc kingdom come i two things are interesting about this number one and i know i this this I, i realized this yesterday at the con as well I am of of both of the big two. I am far and above more predisposed to DC than I am Marvel, and that's not some kind of weird bias or prejudice. I just look at my shelf and all the mainstream stuff is pretty much DC, and I don't know why that is. I, I it's I'm not necessarily sure. Maybe it's because partially that a lot of Marvel is played out in the movies, and I, I get my fill there. I, yeah. or, the, or the cartoons. I don't know, um, but I I did have another think about it before we started recording. And the other side of that is DC is very, very willing to deconstruct their characters every which way to Sunday. Yes. Like they, and, and you got kingdom come was kind of, uh, it was the first one in terms of the full roster, but you know, you it's, it started kind of with dark Knight returns. I mean, you could even say it started with Watchmen, kind of taking the superhero genre and really deconstructing it and taking, you know, taking it down, showing you what these people are, you know what these people are with a lot of superheroes are just people with problems um and some kind of you know like like attribute like they're super strong or they're super rich or whatever it is but they've got these problems watchmen really delved into that nicely and then dark knight returns um you know took us there too but kingdom come by all, by as, as far as i know is the first one that really jumps in the entire roster and we've seen that then played out since with things like injustice gods among us and um, uh, multiversity, which I talked about in a pr- uh, previous Last, podcast. Yeah. Um, so it's it was it was kind of interesting that I a hadn't read this yet, and I and I love that like I love injustice, and I love injustice because it flips everything on its head. It makes it shows you what would happen if Superman was pushed beyond the brink. Like now, when what, you, you know, when you say full roster, you mean the whole Justice League? Yes, I'm sorry, and not just one specific character, like the right. full roster of of DC, the pantheon of of characters. Uh, and so, Kingdom Come was the first, as far as I know, the first one. It came out in '96, and it was co-written by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. And then Alex Ross uh, did the art. The artwork is the is the most notable part of this book, and he used this technique called the uh, gouache. I think there's a better pronunciation or gouache. No, that's it. Gouache. Gu- gouache, um, which is a, a sort of specific watercolor uh, style of painting. You can go onto Wikipedia and, and read about the, the style, but he um, developed that uh, 
kind of the original idea was his for the book. The pitch was his, and they teamed up with Mark to Mark Wade to write it, and then he did the art. But the art, you've seen the art numerous, numerous, numerous times. There's there's that shot of them all standing, um, you know, like a class photo, kind of all standing together. That's gotten parodied numerous times, uh, even with most recently just the Justice League movie. A lot of their promo promo work has that, you know, that shot of them all standing you know, kind of, uh, juxt- uh, God, you're right. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure someone pointed that out at the time, but just hearing you say it, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. That big poster was, was the Ross shot. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's that, it, that all started with this book. Um, and it's just, and it, you know, the visual is so specific. I haven't seen anything quite like this since. Um, I, although I take that back, the the one thing I did notice, and this goes back to multiversity, there's a book in um, the multiversity that show that you could almost make the case is a sequel to Kingdom Come or is a sort of tangent to Kingdom Come because it's all the kids of the heroes further on and like how they're dealing with the world. You know, once once Superman and, and the Justice League solve all the problems, like what then? And these kids are left to kind of like reenact all their, all their, you know, all the great battles of, of yore and, and all these things. And it, while that's happening, there's like this undercurrent of, of something's very, very wrong with that world. But the art for that story in, in multiversity isn't quite like this, but it, it's that heightened sort of heightened uh, uh, character drawings. And just, it feels a little bit, it's not just the typical comic. Well, and I would um, say, you know, just to add on what I've seen from that. So um, the king, that one shot you're describing uh, which is sort of shot from below, like looking up at the heroes where they're very idealized. I mean, that's what you mean, right? The, yeah, and, and it's like they're like top lit. So like yeah. a lot of shadows down on their faces, but they're staring right at you. And, and um, it's like it's like a high art treatment yes. of the superhero. So is the whole book like that? Oh yeah, the whole book is that style wow. of art. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I, that was my thought too. I'm like, oh, surely that's just the cover and some promo images and the rest of it's dip. No, no, no. The entire, every single panel in the book could be framed and on a, on a wall somewhere. It, it's that, you know, it's that, and I'm flipping through it as I talk and like, it, it really is every splash page is, is clearly something you could frame. Well, and um, honestly, that cover is, I have seen framed, you know, at, at various comic cons where there will be a booth of, of sort you know, putting uh, pop culture related, like in comic artifacts in frame sort of as high art. And that one always stands out, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so epic. And unfortunately, I have it in. It's a trade paperback, and it's the paperback version. And they didn't have a hardcover anywhere in this. And this is a comic shop that I've gone to a few times in, in Denver that has a lot of good stuff um, and a lot of really cool alt versions of things. And so I thought, surely they'll have a, a hardcover. And even Amazon was was kind of there wasn't really a, 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 a you know common hardcover version, which is very strange. You'd think that like of all their books, they'd be like, oh no, this is the this is the elite collector's edition because I would have grabbed that in a second. Just because it is, you know, we've talked before. Uh, I, I love, um, for me, comics. You know, the comics medium is is at its best when it's really pushing new and interesting ideas, a la something like Ancestor, which we reviewed on a previous episode. Or it's really going out of its way to to show you some really cool, like just gorgeous, just art from a from an illustration standpoint. This book has the extra benefit though of, of being the first sort of deconstructed Justice League story that really pushes the boundaries and it just to give you a a, kind of a primer on that it starts uh and it's in the future 
the Justice League, you know, they're all they're all old, basically retired. You know, Bruce Wayne's you know in his sixties or seventies. They're all kind of decrepit. Uh, they they had a, a a previous battle, and there's this new character called Magog or Magog, who um, was invented. It's he's been used since, but he was invented for this book, as far as I can tell. I think he I think uh, Kingdom Come was the first time he appears, but he basically is like the of the younger generation and had it sort of replaced Superman in the hearts and minds of the populace. And he's not, he's willing to kill. He's willing to go the distance to get the job done. So he kills the Joker. He does, you know, he does all these things. And that's, that's Whoa. revealed early, early on. That's not like a big spoiler or anything. So it's, it's, it, he kind of, there's this battle of, 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 philosoph- of philosophy between the old standbys, um, you know, who sort of, truth justice in the american way kind of you know kind of people and this new group who's like no 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 we're gonna we're solving problems and sometimes we're gonna have to get our hands dirty and you've seen that you know re- repeated time and time and time again especially you know things like civil war on the marvel side and again obviously an injustice gods among us it's like injustice gods among us owns owes its entire heritage to this book if you like that story or even that that game because it was a game first and then a really good comic series after it's it, this is its spiritual ancestor in every way, shape, and form. Um, so you see these old standbys, and you see like Superman's retired, and he's bearded and ponytailed, and he's working on his farm, uh, you know, in, in retirement. And Wonder Woman is, you know, she's a little older, a little grayer. Uh, Batman is, he's got this neck brace. You know, Bruce Wayne's got this neck brace at all times, and he's kind of, he, uh, he outed himself. I think everybody knows that he's Batman which is very strange to see. And so he's working behind the scenes on some stuff. And so you see, you kind of get a good chunk of the book is you see all these characters, you know, where they, where they are right now, but the, the sort of the through line, the, um, the audience avatar, if you will, is this old, uh, this old preacher guy who is, um, who is, who had, who's, I don't want to describe this without giving too much away. He's approached, he's in the hospital kind of reading the last rites to this old guy. And this old guy is talking, kind of basically delivering this prophecy of revelation to this preacher. And this is early, early on. And then that, that gentleman dies and the preacher is left to wonder what was that all about? And, you know, he goes, there's a super, you know, there's basically like a planet Krypton restaurant where, you know, the, the Justice League is basically parodied, you know, and everybody, it's a themed restaurant. So the idea of superheroes has kind of become just really, really novel at this point. Um, you know, the world is just kind of like, oh yeah, there we've had it. it just, it's just a thing. Like they're not sort of revered in the same way they are. Um, so this, this preacher's there and he eventually gets, um, he gets intercepted by, um, oh, the, is it the phantom stranger? What's his name? Um, Norman McKay. What's his name? What's his name? I should have known this ahead of, ahead of time. <laughs> what the hell is his name? He's the guy. It's the guy who wears the hood. It's the, is it the phantom stranger? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the guy who wears the green hood. Not the Phantom Street. Now wait, it's the dude. Dude, I'm I'm googling this so fast. <laughs> I know. Oh, I feel so terrible right now. Uh, Spectre, the Spectre, God Almighty, the Phantom Stranger, is something. I got that confused because there's a scene in Injustice where the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre talk and walk with each other, very similar to this. So the entire the entire story, the Spectre, almost like the ghost of Christmas past, is um is leading this uh this preacher around and showing him and the, the preacher's name is norman mckay uh the specter's name is something, is something else um the uh, specter leads him around and kind of shows him the events of the book they can't be seen or heard uh once in a while uh norman the the preacher is you know he's he's revealed and you know he talks to superman or he talks to somebody but for the most part he's there to observe 
And the specter is doing that because the specter needs to see the events play out through Norman's eyes. Cause Norman has basically the prophecy in him um, of what's to come of it. So kingdom come refers to the biblical revelation of, of kingdom come of the end of the world. And hmm. so everything is set in motion when this guy dies and the, and the preacher Norman see, you know, hears this prophecy and then the specter takes him and, and shows him around. So, you see that there's this big divide between the old standby Justice League and the new guys, the young, the young up-and-comers, who really don't have a sense of morality or, or, or um, you know, honor in the way the old guard did. You also have a rift between the old guard and then Bruce Wayne, who's kind of working behind the scenes with Lex Luthor for some reason, and you're, you're wondering what that's about, um, and it all makes sense in the end. And then you realize that Lex Luthor is against everybody. He's got his own, you know, game within a game playing that heavily, heavily involves a grown-up Billy Badson, who is Whoa. Shazam. Yeah, and it's and it's weird at first because you're like, is that Shazam? And then you realize, oh no, no, that's Billy Batson grown up. So when he turns into Shazam, the 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 difference isn't that jarring. He basically just the costume kind of appears on him, and he's a little bit more bulked up for the most part. Like he looks like Shazam when he's grown up, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, physicality so lex luther is corrupting shazam is you know he's, he's kind of putting the, these mind parasites in him um for some reason and this is all this all comes together at the very end and and you know the whole point of the book is does this prophecy this revelation come to pass does the world end um does superman stop it does you know who's really responsible and you know what's the aftermath of that i don't want to i don't want to get i don't want to spoil too much hmm. um some of the book is, you know, part of the book is, you know, just that question of like what happens. That's not the central. I mean, I could spoil it and you would still get a lot of, in, you know, the, the book asks a lot of que- you know, interesting questions about what is a hero? Like what, what should people do for themselves? What should heroes do for people? Like what, you know, what do you do with a group of, of, of superpowered metahumans who aren't, you know, do you try to control them? Do you try to, do you lock them up? Um, at one point, uh, one of the groups decides to build a prison for, the other group of metahumans and the prison looks exactly like the, um, the uh, Legion of doom headquarters, you know, that sort of he- yeah. helmet looking thing that rises out of the water, just like way, 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 way bigger. Um, you know, like multiple stadiums, stadium sizes, it's just, it's massive, but they build this thing in the middle of, of Kansas and they, they put a bunch of, of uh, metahumans in there. So it's all these ideas and things, you know, weaving together. And then, you know, wonder woman, uh, Diana being, uh, mad at, at at Clark for you know turning his back on everybody you know at, for all these years. It's it, it's it's almost like you can make a really good argument that what the Dark Knight Returns is to Batman, this is to Superman. And mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard argued for a while. No, no, no. That that is whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. I think is the name of that book that Alan Moore did. Um, a lot of people point to that as oh no no that's the Superman you know right. like um, Dark Knight Returns. I don't think so. I think it's this. Um, yeah, other people play a part, but it's really Superman's story. Um, you know, we see it through the eyes of the Spectre and Norman McKay, but it is all about Superman, the choices he makes and what he does and, and the regrets he's had since he's retired and all of that, and, you know, what brings him back into the fold again. Um, so if you, if you were always looking for that, you're like, you love the Dark Knight Returns and you go, I, I would really love to see that for Superman and potentially other heroes. This is that book. And I wish somebody had just told me that straight up. I would have bought, the, I would have bought this and read it years ago because um, I'm a huge fan of Darknet Returns, as we've yeah. discussed as well. So I highly, highly recommend it. You know, buy it for the art alone. You know, buy it because it's, it's, it is prerequisite to have on your shelf, but also buy it because it asks 
a lot of really good questions. It delves deep into the mythos in ways that I really like. And it, and it really sort of sets up a lot of, um, uh, a lot of things that other books have taken since and, and have run with. So, yeah, wow. this is one of those where you've gotten me excited about reading it. Oh, good. Um, and I did not realize that it was that old. I mean, 96. Right? Um, I actually yeah. thought it was older. I thought I was surprised. I thought this was like from the early eighties or something. And then when I was with 96, I went 96, really? Cause it just, for some reason in my mind, the night, the mid nineties for comics, the mid and late nineties for comics is just like this wasteland. Like I just like, what? Cause that was well, like the dark right. time of image. Like nothing was going on on image at that point that worth talking about. Like DC, like everything was just, that was when Superman had long hair. If I recall correctly, like it was that weird. That's why that Nicolas Cage Superman would have had long hair for a period of time because they yeah. were referencing that. All of that. So it's it's interesting to think that, oh no, in the midst of all that, something really cool and great uh, came out that has really, I mean, influenced quite, I mean, a lot of stuff has been influenced yeah. by this book. Well, and uh, it, it introduced that, well, not introduced, but it, it sort of... Um, it's the Superman with the uh, white temples in his hair, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the very yeah. Morrissey look, the very yes. contemporary Morrissey look, <laughs> yes. and um, which was itself sort of a reference to, uh, I guess maybe Silver Age Superman or something. I don't know. At some point, uh, you know, Earth Two Superman or Earth One, one or the other, had sort of those those shocks of white in his hair. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, I, have, I have a lot of questions. Obviously, this is a, a one shot. Yeah, it's an Elseworlds. It's it's Elseworlds. It's one shot. Yeah, it's not you know, I think when it was released, it was released as four issues. But um, you know, if this were if this were coming out brand new today, this if this feels like this would have just been a single collection, um, right, right, start to finish. Well, so did you purchase this recently? Yeah, I purchased it at the beginning of January because I was sitting oh. here looking at my stash of stuff, going, "Wait a second, I have." I have not read this yet. So it was on my list. And then I just happened to be in a comic shop and it, it, they were having a, a little sale on DC stuff. So I'm like, well, I have no excuse. Um, so I'll gotcha. grab it. So you didn't, you didn't head out to the store specifically to buy this, but it had always sort of been on the back of your mind, wish list kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I have an, I have an Amazon uh, wish list called just comics pull list that yeah. just has all the stuff just cause I always forget. Um, when I'm in a shop and it's just easy to have, it's funny. I use Amazon for my list, but then I make my purchases in person whenever possible. Sometimes I grab stuff off Amazon, but I just, I have that. So this has always been there. I just keep moving it. It's like your Netflix queue back when they had DVDs. I just kept moving it down the queue. Like, Oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And just, it was so, again, if somebody had just told me, dude, you need to own this book. Like it's, it, it, you have to, based on everything you know and like, you need to own this book. I would have totally done it years ago. So I'm kind of kicking myself. Gotcha. And it seems like, I mean, I'm, and again, because it's Elseworlds, it's not in canon because it takes place <laughs> yeah. in the future, but it looks, you know, from the Googling I've been, I've been doing while you've been uh, talking about it, it looks like then they sort of retconned Magog into the DC universe yeah, they did. For, different, for different stories. As a uh, villain. So as a, he's a villain in other stories that have come up in this. He's part of the, the new Justice League. He's like the, he's basically Phil. He's, he's the new Superman. For all gotcha. Well, and he um, is, of course, like that is a reference to a biblical yeah. person who's a, you yep. know, a sign of the apocalypse or one of the enemies of God or allies mm-hmm. of Satan or something like that. There's a man. I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of metaphor, a lot of metaphor, especially if you think about um, Shazam and the lightning bolt symbol and what that means in like so, Indian mythology um like is it the vashram or i I forget what it is but that the lightning bolt symbol 
is very important uh, in a lot of world mythology and in Indian sort of spirituality. So you've got this idea of, of, of Shazam being a sort of component of the apocalypse and what that yeah. looks like. And then Magog, like you said, Magog, and then just the specter as sort of the, the angel of death looking on, um, you know, with this, this, this preacher. So much just interesting subtext. So you can read this a couple times through and pick up new stuff every time. Uh, oh, really, really layered. Yeah. So I'm, I've, I've read through it one, one time really nicely through. And then one time uh, just to freshen up before we recorded, um, which is a little tricky because you can't just breeze through it. You got to, you know, it's, it demands your attention. So um, that brings me to another question. Is it, it would you say it's a single sitting read or would you advise not against that? Oh, that's a great question. I think if you've got two or three hours on a Sunday afternoon, go for it. Um, but so, if so it's if like there's, a movie sitting, yeah, but there's enough in there where you can stop and take a break and think and reflect and come back a day later. And it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like you're disconnected from it. Like it's, it just kind of depends on your sensibility. If gotcha. you want to just power through it, great. But if you power, I would say if you power through it, you're going to want to go back and reread it at least once or twice more, uh, because you will miss things. I mean, I miss things and I was, I was just, you know, cause I'm, I, I, comics like this, I read like I play video games where I kind of just look at everything and really take my time and kind of take everything in. I don't, it's like, you know, going back to the book Seconds again, I, I really powered through Seconds because the art was, was very accessible and very simple that it just kind of, it was very easy to just get the beats down. This, you, you really want to look at everything. It's like, it's like going into a museum. You know, if, if you walk into a, a, a fine art gallery, yeah, you can, you can cruise through it. And you're going to see some good stuff and, and ingest some stuff, but you're going to miss quite a bit too. So you really want to you know, carve out some time, get a good glass of wine or a cup of coffee or, or a beer if you're in SoCal and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, do that. Nice. Um, would you, so you got it in print, but would you recommend it in print versus digital? Yeah, just because it's so, it's so beautiful. Again, if they have a, a collector's edition, that's, you know, relatively priced. It's not $180. I would say, if you can get one for 30 or 40 bucks, do that because it really does feel like a, an art book as much as anything. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it now wondering if I had an iPad pro, like the bigger one, like the really big screen, I would maybe, I would say if you have like a big tablet, then grabbing it that way is fine because some iPad pros are even bigger than trade paperback. So that wouldn't be that bad. I think still, if you're a serious comics collector, if you're a serious reader, you really need to have it on your shelf as well. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. And, uh, man, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this, this book this week. <laughs> this is awesome. Plus, uh, seriously, this is like you said, if someone had just told you, Hey, this is like dark Knight returns, but for Superman, you would have mm-hmm. purchased it instantly. Yes. And if anyone had told me, Hey, what if the DC, uh, heroes faced the biblical apocalypse and we explored all these biblical themes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. in different religions, I would have been like, well, yeah, why don't I already own that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes to hook me. I did find one hilarious piece of trivia, uh, that I will share, which is, uh, I, when I was, you know, Googling quickly to figure out um, why I always heard Gog and Magog and then dug into the DC character, uh, I found this quote, which was uh, Magog's character appearance was based on the Marvel Comics character Cable. Um, really? Yes. It, well, the appearance. And 
you know, Cable was created by Rob Liefeld mm-hmm. uh, and Alex Ross has been quoted as saying, I remember Mark originally told me, make him look like everything we hate in modern superhero design. <laughs> that's awesome. And then Wait, there's a longer quote that's like. Wait, <laughs> this explains a lot because I, when they mentioned him, they mentioned him before they show him. And you're like, Magog, what? Well, that's an interesting choice of a name. You know, and then yeah. again, it brings up the biblical thing. And then you're like, and they talk about it. Like, oh, he's, you know, he, he, Clark, he took over for you when you sort of retired. He's the new guy. And you think, okay, what could he, and then they show him and you're like, Ugh, that's what he looks like. What? That's, <laughs> that's weird. Like it just, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's a weird mashup of a lot of weird things. And so that yeah. perfectly explains that. Yeah. And I honestly makes me want to read this more. <laughs> this yeah that is a great I, I think that's another thing when we talk about um you 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 know started off by saying that that you kind of lean towards dc when we talk about the big two and i think that's one of the things that dc does really well that marvel comes up short with a lot is that they have standalone stories that are not in canon yeah that are so much easier to jump into and even when you have a marvel uh, standalone often it will reference things in canon and, and it's like i'm lost you know why do we have this character what's going on yeah, here um yeah. yeah this so this is one of those that it sounds like you could just easily pick up and and you're just gonna love it if you love superheroes and great art so i mean you i would say this is i always kind of my 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 re-entry back into comics in a big bad way was off the back of of some books that were more literary than anything else. You right. know, it wasn't any you know, Watchmen, V for Vendetta, that kind of stuff. This is very much one of those books where, awesome. you know, you, you could be in a college class, like, you know, comics as literature, and this would be one of your, your required readings um, for the, for such a class. So if, if you fancy yourself kind of a, you know, not even if you're like, well, I'm not really a big fan of, of, you know, superheroes and stuff, it still buy it because even for that purpose, it the deconstruction is worth it it's it really is a it's a higher higher form of the of the medium and again dc it's it's really interesting that dc and and this may just be my ignorance but i just don't see marvel doing this as much they've done it a few times but i just they dc's really allowed their creators to pitch these kinds of things and and just go for it and it makes me even it, it's even more interesting that they didn't think to carry that over to the movie side you know it's it's you you've got Marvel doing it's really, really intricately, you know, uh, self-preserved, self-contained universe. And DC, instead of, it, they should have, they should have said, no, 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 we're just going to make every movie its yeah. own standalone, completely different thing. And we're going to open up the door wide to a director. And it seems like maybe now they're doing it. If Martin Scorsese ends up producing <laughs> a Joker's movie with Joaquin Phoenix, then, it, then I, I mean, that's, and that's potentially what's going to happen. Like that will be the first time, that that DC's movies kind of follow suit, and I think it'll just be we'll be all the more creatively rich and rewarded as a result of it. Um, I don't know; it's just it's interesting, and, and maybe I challenge anybody out there who's a big Marvel fan to to sh- give me some examples where Marvel does this, and maybe I, I don't know if they do. You know, I would love to know that as well. So I would say that's a perfect place to say if you've got a Marvel recommendation, hit us on social media at Find Us There. Yeah. Um, and uh, where else can people find this podcast? Well, we are on any service that carries podcasts Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts. Uh, what am I missing? Anywhere else. Um, 
And then also just go to our website, findusthere.org, uh, and social media, like Todd said, find us there. Todd, where can they find you specifically if they want to just chat with you? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I have uh, a, a new Instagram, at HeyToddA, and I'm also that on social media or on uh, Twitter. That's the only social media I recognize, Instagram and Twitter. What about you, Taylor? <laughs> I am Taylor Trask on Twitter. I am not Taylor Trask on Instagram. There is another... I feel like Ehrlich Bachman. There's another girl named Taylor Trask who's stolen that uh, on Instagram. And actually, what am I on Instagram? I am by Taylor Trask on Instagram. So I'm going <laughs> to look into uh, changing that on Twitter so I can actually be a little bit more consistent. But yeah, find us. That brand. I know, I know. It's just, it's, God forbid, there's a, somebody else named Taylor Trask. Like, I, finally, <laughs> I finally ran into one and it's, it's a girl. So she's my, she's my enemy. She just doesn't know it yet. Yes. Uh, she is the Magog to your Gog. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing this book. That was really awesome. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time for another Coffee and Comics. See you guys. 